Hello everyone. Welcome to the At and Leg podcast. Today we have with us the incredible Radhika Dani, who's a product designer and founder at Right Ratio. Right Ratio is bringing platforms for independent players in the market with the goal to provide a level playing field with the big players around. Right Ratio is currently building Balance, a distributed network of retail pharmacies in India. Interestingly, Radhika was featured as one of the coolest women in India's product ecosystem earlier this year by Inc. 42. You can find Radhika mostly on Twitter using the handle @adhareetheproductwoman. This episode revolves around her journey as a product designer, her design principles, mindfulness practices, and so much more. So without further ado, let's jump straight into the show. Hey Radhika, thank you for being on the podcast. Really glad to have you here, and thank you for you know taking out time from your busy schedule to to do this. Of course, Vinshuk, uh, my pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me. Great. So let's let's jump straight uh, to to the questions. I know it's going to be interesting because I have a lot of stuff to ask ask you and. you have a very interesting story behind you so let's start with that um i i really wanted to know what what your journey is through through these years that you have pro- progressed as a, as a product designer and uh everything else that you have done so going back to a few years you you completed your bachelor's in uh commerce i think in 2012 and then you gravitated towards towards the world of design I specifically wanted to know, like, how did that switch happen? Like, were you always enthusiastic about design, or was it something you discovered, like, during or after your graduation? So, um, I think, uh, up. So, I was uh, pursuing BCom while I was in my first year of BCom. Um, I was also preparing for CAT, and sorry, from the second year, I was preparing for CAT. and while i was definitely enjoying preparing for the subjects like quant and reasoning and english um there was it it seemed very mechanical for me at that point it it did not seem something that i felt i could pursue with my heart for the rest of my life because i think at that point my um, horizon was pretty narrow um so i had i used to get bored while writing these mock tests um and i used to doodle and draw a lot on the uh, answer sheets that i would hand out and i think uh, of about four weeks of doing that and i got called in by the professors the mentors who were teaching us they like i radhika um it seems like your um you know enthusiasm and interest lies somewhere with art and design rather than mba so i said yeah but i don't know what to do about it so they actually opened me um up to the world of design by connecting me to a couple of folks they knew because i come from a business family i live in ahmedabad and even though ahmedabad is the home of nid and close by we have nift gandhinagar all of it was shut from me i i had never even known that there was a world of design and it was so wide 
so that's where my journey started and uh somewhere i found graphic design to be the closest to what i was doing which is doodling on paper at that point uh to the naivety that uh, i had and that's how i got started with design per se so all along i pursued graphic design with a major chunk of my briefing and my work veering towards interaction design i just didn't know that that i was putting in so much of my time uh in research in briefing in understanding what the customer wants what the consumer is going to want etc so that's how i got started with design wow that's that's very interesting i mean um so you you're on a, on a path of the the normal route uh become uh mba and then probably a, a corporate job somewhere uh but then something you never thought uh later became in your like mainstream career so i think that's 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 really interesting um so like to pursue i think design further you you in 2019 you enrolled in your masters in graphic designing uh and human computer interaction at california college of arts which is i think really great um but then you dropped out midway um i mean what made you drop out and how do you see that decision now two years later i think um more than my decision i think covid played a very big role in that uh where okay. i feel grateful that i was not in the us uh while this was happening and i was rather safe at home with my parents so that i wasn't thinking out about them they weren't thinking about me so i think that for me right now in hindsight that i see something that has got nothing to do with my career has worked out exceptionally well um okay. looking back i think my decision to drop out was definitely correct um like i said i didn't know i was doing interaction design until i finished my first year sorry i finished my first semester of uh, mfa masters of fine arts in graphic design and my semester end review was the fact that uh, i was pursuing more of interaction 90% of it and i was just representing it graphically which is 10% of it so the consensus of all my teachers was that i better shift to interaction design because that is something that i'm intuitively doing some things that i know i am pursuing it head on so that is how my shift happened that is how i had to actually drop out for 6 months because um while i did secure the admission for mdes masters of design in interaction design which was a stem course it was going to begin in fall so okay. i couldn't be in the us for the next 6 months anyways because none of my credits were going to get transferred so it just made sense for me that okay 6 months let me just go back to india and uh work for a couple of months maybe in hyderabad or bangalore and then okay. come back so when i came back which was jan end 
2019 and I started working on February 11th. By the time I reached May 2019, I was, I think, blown away by the startup world and the way it was blooming in India. Okay. Since my entire journey till then has been a self-taught journey. Till I, I, I didn't have an official degree or uh, any course that I had done in design that taught me graphic okay. design. I, I learned from books. I learned from speaking to people. I learned from reading about things. Okay. That I felt that, hey, let me, let me stay here. Let me explore. Let me see where this goes. And that's how I deferred my admission by a year. So I was supposed to go back in 2020. Okay. And then life just took me on a roller coaster with product design. There was definitely no looking back. I think okay. by 2020 May for me. Okay, perfect. So did you eventually complete the, the course or you didn't enroll no. it? Okay, so you completely I, got up. Yes, so I deferred my admissions and 2020 I wrote to them that I withdraw my application. Uh, yes. You can give my uh, seat, which you told me uh, that I was going to come back in 2020 uh, to someone else. So they, it was a very uh, a limited number of seats, uh, less than I think 22 in the entire year for, for okay. the course because it's a very competitive course. Uh, but I felt, I think I was going to learn a lot more uh, being on the job, being in India, um, rather than being taught in a very idealized space in a school. Wow, that, that's a very bold move to make. Like if you're, if you're enrolled in a course which has just 22 seats, it's, it takes, um, I think, a lot of uh, thinking to, you know, let that go, but I think I think you did what what made sense at that point of time. So, any regrets now? Do you think back about it? Like things could have been different if you have gone there, or you you really, I mean, you prefer what you did and like work like hustling through through learning and learning through hustling. I think hustling wouldn't be a very um, correct uh, term here for me. Um, because I, I didn't have to struggle financially, which a lot of people need to do. So I, I don't think I can claim that I was hustling. I did work. I did work hard. I did make a lot of mistakes. The company that I was uh, hired by was also very kind to let me make those mistakes and learn from them. So, so I... I definitely work. I enjoy working. Um, worked hard, I'd say that for sure. And I, I, I think I have learned. I, if I had, I had I gone to school, it would have been an entire process of learning and unlearning. Yeah. And that is something that I go to entirely skip. Mm -hmm. So, I'd, I'd say my, uh, I am very happy and content with the decision of staying in India and okay. learning from the job and the people. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I think 
probably the situation you were in might have been different but but let's say if i may ask you that you know somebody who 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 who's a recent graduate or probably who wants to go into design in general comes to you and asks you like um should they attend formal education to to learn design and like get into product design and stuff like that or should they should they prefer learning while working the path that you took what would be your advice to them um i don't think that's a very uh, straightforward answer to that there's a lot of gray area in between because most companies who claim to be design led companies are not that's just surface level talk and i think finding a good mentor is what i would say that you want to get started find a good mentor find someone who's who is going to teach you things and someone whom you can ask a lot of questions because that is what my journey has been as a mentor where i have always wanted my kids to ask me questions that radhika why is um, this user task done this way why can't we do it this way and i think yeah. that having having the space to ask your mentor questions with the curiosity that you have without the burden of being wrong or making a mistake or seeming like a fool i think that is something that i would definitely encourage um so either get a mentor and go to school go to school and find that mentor or start a job and find that mentor or find a mentor and start a job now whichever trajectory you take find a mentor got it got it so that that should be the focal point and once you have that i mean you can find it anywhere as you said and i think that that really makes uh, a world of difference in in your career tra- trajectory and and your learning um outcomes rather than probably a school or or the organization you're working for uh, that's probably what you what absolutely i think that is playing it very strategically well in life yeah you're Makes you're sense. securing a certain uh, aspects of your knowledge building you know now yeah. whichever way you want to go build that knowledge that's fine but you're yeah. you're like securing your compound interest and then wherever else you get the other compounding interest from that i think depends a lot on the environment the financials the um the the uh, planning that you have for life whether you want to settle in another country you want to settle in india etc yeah. i think that is very subjective got it Got it. I think uh, I I really echo with with the mentor part uh, because I I really feel that 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 can make a world of difference in in your career and probably the outcomes that you that you achieve in your life. Um, but like I I I mean I'm I'm not into design, but I really never had a mentor in my life technically who who was always who was always there to you know guide me and and I can ask. questions but 
uh, over the years i realized that you know i had passive mentors and by passive mentors i i i really mean that you know i used to follow certain people um in order to get guidance from so probably things like podcasts i i would if i'm very curious about certain subjects i would listen to a lot of podcasts or watch a lot of youtube videos about that and then i'll probably pick a few people who i really um like about that subject who are working on the subject and then i'll follow their work and by doing that i i really learned a lot so i mean i call them passive mentors because they are not like actively engaging with you and you can't like ask questions from them but i think i think that's a good way to start uh you know learning and then you can eventually get to into active mentorship when you have the chance and the resources uh, to do so so yeah i i i really love the your emphasis on the mentorship part so i think i think that's great cool so moving moving away from from the education bit and you know towards your your work uh, and an experience so your last stint was at at blue semi which if i understand correctly is a deep tech iot startup and you you were there as a head of head of design uh, so can you briefly talk about your experience there like what were your key learnings and contributions sure so i am not from engineering background and i don't understand anything about engineering i'm not a coder um i understand how code should work and what output it should give as a designer and there i was working at a semiconductor hardware startup it was like two different planets crossing each other where yeah. i am alien to them they're alien to me and i think it definitely took a couple of months for me to sort of get started to even begin understanding what they're doing the implications of what it is and how i can contribute i definitely credit my founder uh, sunil madikatla who's the founder of blue semi and he his patience his mentorship the space that he gave me to make mistakes that helped shape me professionally as a product designer so i started from the most basic uh ui ux designer and within a year year and a half at max i was already taking care of the software which was being built and deployed for the custom hardware we were making so okay. i i i you know there's a spectrum where you start from office boy and you end at uh, founder now that in terms of product designer you start as intern or like the most basic person in design and then you end at the person who leads design and software development that was what my learning curve and graduation was 
I was going out. I was talking to users. I was coming back. I was compiling the the um the research. I was talking to the founder. I was talking to the hardware engineers. I was, I was, I think spread across departments like a raita, and it was, I think, supremely stressful and exhausting and super fun at the same time. Right. So. i i think the confidence that my mentor which was sunil at that point had in me that you are don't worry radhika you you can do this spend two more days spend four more days on it and i think that and the fact that he never lost his cool on me i used to lose my cool on him but he never lost his cool on me so i think that definitely speaks volumes as um someone anybody who who wants to be in charge of people or who is put in charge of people yes um yes. and and that patience the the space to learn and make mistakes the time and space to go out meet people there in design um in hyderabad or bangalore uh speak to them uh encouraging me to attend conferences i think all of that bit by bit um helped me grow as a designer helped me grow to the point where i don't think i would have gotten um had it not been for him and and the way he let me learn while working in his company great great yeah i think i think you are from what i can understand i think you're very really lucky to have uh, them as your mentor because i think in a fast paced startup environment if you're already you know chasing deadlines and stuff but if you you're getting that room for learning and and development i think that's that's a really great chance uh, to to do that uh, it's it's really it's very rare in in a startup environment so so that is great and from what i can understand um as you said that you were probably new to the semiconductor world uh, uh, and and the and the way you learned about it is mostly through talking to people and talking to your mentor right or you were also doing some background research or and reading reading about that industry or what you were doing so that you can uh, you know have some key learnings about about that industry and stuff like that or was it purely through talking to people within and or, or, uh, outside the organization it was a combo of both i'd speak to somebody they would they'd say somebody like oh have you heard of moose law and i i think at that point i'd be honest and tell them i don't and they'd be like oh okay and they tell me a little bit about it just enough so that they could um, continue to the point that they were trying to drive and that is something i would make a note go back to either the office or my home look it up what it is try to understand what it is look up examples of what it is and how it's applied and that's how i been able to understand and learn so fast i'd say um bridging the gap to the best that i could i i wouldn't say i have bridged the gap but to the best i could enough to walk from one side to the other and vice versa it was a combination of both talking to people asking them questions talking to my mentor asking him questions 
at this point my mentor is my founder and um, then i think going back and doing my homework about it okay perfect perfect um like going a bit off topic imagine a hypothetical scenario in which you are working with a client a team or probably a group of stakeholders and they come to you with a request and probably they have a preconceived notion of what this thing should look like from a design perspective um and when you work on it you have a completely different opinion on that like because you're able to understand design in a completely different way so like and you know that you know this is definitely better from a design perspective for that particular product or whatever whatever thing that you're designing so how do you explain that to a person who or a team who is who's like who's not really into design and is not thinking the the way that you are thinking design always has business implications bad design or design that just looks good but does not work well is either gonna end up with the user dropping off using the service or it's going to reduce the engagement with the product and the user is going to gradually stop using it or is going to use it for a very limited purpose okay the other person doesn't need to understand the design side of things they're smart enough and they'd understand the business side of things i think for me being a banya myself i'm able to understand and explain that to them pretty well there is also like this this entire uh, answer of mine comes with an asterisk where it is also possible that i might have missed a chunk from the entire research or somewhere where the third person who is going to use the design uh, i have not understood that or i have missed that but the stakeholder understands that so i think subjective to that more or less it it just boils down to the business implication and how to make it work best perfect so i think i think connecting design with with, with business and the changes that you do with that design how will that translate into the end user being used using it is really speaks out for itself and majority of the times you know stakeholders would understand that and, and if they yeah if if they don't i mean you you have made your point and then it's i mean it's up to them what what they have to do right absolutely and what you're saying is not really hypothetical for me at this point i am building in b2b and the b2b is going to help facilitate b2c for my clients okay so i am in that space where i i have interviewed my customers and i have interviewed the customers of my customers mm-hmm. trying to understand bridge that gap so that my software can accommodate and provide for both all right that's that's very interesting cool 
Um, well, another very interesting question, which which I was uh, very curious about and wanted to ask you is, um, what what does your design philosophy or let's say design ethos uh, looks like? I don't think I can simplify that to a single statement. However, I do know the starting point of it, which is design is what design does. And continuously being able to apply that to whatever part you're designing, you're structuring within the company and outside, it all boils down to this. Okay. Whether it's inclusion, whether it's understanding the levels of tech savviness, whether it's simple onboarding process or whether it's customer care with the company. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, so moving on, you're currently with, with creators of product, um, working as a mentor slash problem solver for them. Um, can you briefly explain what, what creators of products is to our listeners and like, what does your day-to-day looks like out there? So creators of products is a fantastic product community for all creators, for all builders and for anybody who wants to do anything in product. Okay. We have a space for you. Whether you want to get started, whether you want to level up, whether you want to start your own, anything we we have a space for you we have tools for you to understand we have a job board where you can see the positions open and apply for it we have mentorships whether it's for students whether it's for young adults getting started in product whether it's somebody who wants to make a complete shift say they've been a coder for a very long period of time and now they want to get started with design where do they do that? How do they do that? So creators of products is a, is a fantastic group of um, mentors who've themselves been in the product world for at least seven to 10 years. And we also connect you to folks who are experts out there in the industry. Um, I got introduced to creators of products sometime last year in 2020, April or May, somewhere. And a lot of my design learnings have come from following uh, what they tweet, um, engaging with them. Uh, They have a Slack community where you can join and ask questions um all of it i think half i i i credit my entire journey of the last two years where half of it has been because of the company where i was working at blue semi and the other half comes from the learnings that i've had from creators of products okay i i don't i think uh i wouldn't have been able to do it um, if not for uh, the community 
that divakar uh, shruti divya chandranuz all of these folks have built it's a completely free of cost uh, space anything that you want to do any event you want to attend we don't charge for it okay we do, we also ask people who are coming uh, to conduct sessions that we are not going to charge and you also can't charge our community folks i think leveraging the power of community at that point uh, something that i'm learning and discovering myself is beautifully done by creators of products my role is a very small volunteer role right now i'm on the events team where sometimes i interview folks but uh, more often than not i connect with them we decide on what uh, topic we want to interview them on and then uh, someone from the team coordinates with the person further and as a design mentor people can ping me whether they're from the community or outside and whether it would be uh, some uh, portfolio review or some design question that they don't know how to solve for i respond to them yeah I, i i think i think that's great um um like doing all this for the for the community and that too without a cost i think it, it's it's really a tremendous effort and i have been following creators of prod since uh, some time now and they have a very strong presence on twitter that's where i i discovered them uh and yeah i i think they have they have done uh they are they have done and they are doing some some great work uh and i think it's great that you are also you know contributing in that effort so um that's good. i think in the future and and currently as well it will help a lot of budding product uh and and design folks to learn and and get into that that field so amazing job out there um, cool. so it comes down to something that you also said earlier about mentors right yeah i know i have been able to reach where i have mm-hmm. only because of strong mentors in my life and if i have a chance to help someone at least from my end in some or the other way i think that is definitely um an offer i would take up and i have been grateful to be included in creators of products as a mentor yeah yeah no it's it's always great to to give back to to a community or an organization which help you a lot uh, with your learnings and career and I, i think it's a great feeling so i can echo to that um and yeah i think i think you and and the team is doing some really great work out there so more power to you on that indefinitely is awesome um so moving to the the next question that i had uh you're you also have been working on a health tech project if i'm not wrong um since i think last couple of months um not sure how much specific like how much specific you want to be on, on the show and on air but i had a couple of questions uh which i wanted to ask you related to that um 
one of the most important questions which was which was in my mind was that what uh, what are the two three trends that you can identify like based on you know the last one or two years due to covid and and stuff really through that which will transform the healthcare industry as you know it in in the future so um there are two trends one is digitization people are opening up and trying to be a part of the digital revolution now when i say people these are common folks for them digitization and tech savviness is youtube uh facebook and whatsapp that's that's about it for them it's not crm saas tools erp and all that stuff yeah secondly i would say fintech and upi those two things and reconciliation of your bills is what is driving or going to drive healthcare and almost i think every other sector it's not just healthcare people are waking up to healthcare because of covid however these two trends are are driving and going to change every industry out there which is stagnant right now makes sense yeah i think definitely as you said it'll be a combination of a few things digitization blockchain um and and you know fintech everything colliding together to transform certain aspects of of the industry and i think as a matter of fact healthcare has been i'd say left out from the digital transformation phase uh since the last couple of years especially pre covid um and there's a lot of disruption that that is that can happen out there um and and with the new technologies that are emerging up uh, i think i think the future of healthcare would would look completely different um and i think a related industry probably is is health insurance and like in insurance in general again it it is that industry has been probably functioning in the same way since the last 10 20 30 years as we know it which probably is on the verge of disrupting so i think i i'm really excited for the future of healthcare and how would it look like in the let's say next 5 or, or 10 years and it's great that you are you're working on something which which will probably fuel that um, so yeah i think i think that that's that's really great on your part thank you cool so this this really sums up to to the set of main questions that i had and and i wanted to ask you but i i was really curious and interestingly i prepared a set of additional questions which are not related to the topic and what we just what we are discussing but really like fun questions which i would like you to answer um so let me go ahead with that um Yeah, the first one is that you. I mean, when I was preparing for the podcast and everything, I saw that you were, um, like you were in the list of fifty coolest women in India's product ecosystem, a list that was published by Inc. Forty Two. Um, 
so can you share your story behind it like when you realized that you know your name was there what was your first reaction and how did that happen sure it was completely unexpected because i don't come from any of the hottest startups in india for example you have raised up you have swiggy you have done zo zomato etc ptm i don't come from any of these big names i don't have a pedigree i i'd say i'm i'm not somebody who's from a design or iit iim or any of those top uh, places so it just definitely seemed very surprising to me i think su- surprise was the first uh, and the main emotion which i felt um glad to be a part of it and they reached out to me that hey you've been selected and uh, please share a picture and these two um, questions that we have and if you could answer them i think i think even till today i don't know who nominated me for it i kept on pinging uh, deep is uh, the name of um, the person who reached out to me from inc 42 and i kept asking him like who who is who has nominated me uh, i would really like to know why have you nominated me um so it was it was definitely um it it took me by surprise uh grateful to have been a part of it hoping that i can definitely do more um and stand by it no definitely definitely i think yeah i i think that would be a very proud moment um um and i'm not sure like maybe i have no idea how do they how do the nominations happen and what they look but like from what i can foresee is that like as you mentioned that you're not from that um like not from that typical design background and not working in that um you know those those very great startups which are out there and but what you have achieved uh, even though you were not uh, from a traditional background and very thin uh, study design and, and stuff like that but what you have achieved so far just by pure hard work and and learning uh, through the job and through the projects that we were doing i think that is that is probably uh, it is really commendable and probably that would have you know an impact on people who were looking out for you know the coolest folks in in the product ecosystem so yeah i mean congratulations on that i think i think that's that's great uh, to have the name featured there cool um moving ahead what is your favorite dream work from anywhere location like if you got if you get a chance to work from anywhere where would it be I think home. <laughs> Why? Because of uh, because of the garden, uh, because of the plants, because of the uh, birds and the squirrels. I think um, the thinking space, deep thinking space, that it provides me. I don't okay. think I would want to shift anywhere else and work from there. that's that's very humble of you i think 
yeah we were talking about this even before the recording and you really love outdoors and outdoor spaces and uh, yeah and you can work outdoors from your home i think i think that that's great so i mean sometimes i feel um and this is just my perspective i hope it doesn't offend anybody else people say oh i want to go to the mountains and work this for me that's like saying oh i want to go to a movie theater and sit and read a book yeah no i i i totally understand what you're trying to say so i i get that i think covid has uh, pushed everybody to their limits and everybody needs a break so that break part is what i definitely understand moving some place living there for a couple of months and working from there i get that but just going to some place for 10 days and working from there for 10 to 15 days i mean you might as well just shut your laptop and enjoy whether you're at a beach whether you're in the mountains and you know there's a word for luft uthao yeah like enjoy enjoy where you are because you've not moved there you have a place to go back to Yes. So either yes. you move there and you work from there because you've enjoyed that space. That makes sense. You you are at home. You're working. That makes sense. So I think uh, that's why for me, work from home, from home is yes, where I look forward to working and continuing my work. <laughs> no, that's that's great. And while we are on the topic, I think I echo with you on that. Um, because yeah, like as you said, like. post pandemic we have seen you know a lot of pictures and people posting it on instagram like they are at a really beautiful location but they have their laptops open in front of them yeah. and i and i i really i mean not yeah. to offend someone again but i really feel that you know the world was better when people used to take a vacation as a vacation and not travel with their laptops um absolutely rather than now where you're you're traveling but you're you're also working you're not able to enjoy what's around you so yeah it's it's i completely understand it's better to you know travel without any work uh, commitments and just do what you're supposed to do out there without any stress or anything in between absolutely Ooh, that's, that's a that's a nice answer um cool uh moving ahead like when you're not working where can people find you like what's your favorite practice to relax de stress yourself after a long hectic day day of work um so i begin my day with a combination of yoga and meditation mm-hmm. i i don't think anything else has been able to help me balance and stabilize me internally as a person with that no matter what and how the day goes i am sorted till the end of the day and then i have another set of yoga asanas which is called ang mardana okay. which which means ang means your limbs or your body and mardana means to twist or rather to be in control of Okay. so it is it is a pretty intense 45 minute practice 
you just doing the yoga asanas one after the other you're twisting your body and you're just you know i think it's you're wringing your body like how you wring the clothes after uh, you've washed them i think yeah. that is what it does to me uh, i have found nothing that uh, helps me distress beautifully the way this practice does so for me there um, after a close friend of mine uh, termed this radhika i think your entire life can be um, uh, you know categorized as um bym and aym bym is radhika before yoga and meditation aym is radhika after yoga and meditation like you have um <clears throat> before christ after uh, christ so yeah. i think uh, that is what it is i i just do these two things for de-stressing i do a lot of other things also in life which i enjoy books gardening cooking um stepping out meeting friends but for de-stressing if you're really focused on that word it's it's yoga and meditation and different combinations of it so yeah like my my sort of i i started yoga um i think couple of years back but i i never really thought of it as yoga like i had a pretty i used to go to the gym quite regularly but uh, at one point of time i had a pretty bad back injury while exercising and that that troubled me a lot uh for quite quite a few months but then somebody suggested yoga and exercises and initially i thought you know it it won't work and stuff like that but then i started doing that and that thing was really magical and apart from all the medicines and all the treatment that i took i i really think that yoga um and also like regular walking really helped me a lot to recover from from that injury so that's when probably i i started started doing that and i i do that till day um and meditation i i recently started experimenting with it um probably during the pandemic um and i and i really you know i've really felt the the difference in in i'd see the state of my mind which is on days when i i um i meditate and on the days when i really don't get a chance one thing you know i'll be honest i really struggle with is to stick to a practice every day there'll be some days where i i would just skip it and i won't be either i i i won't be having time or i'll make some excuse or something really happens in between but i i think that has made a world of uh, difference in bringing clarity to my thoughts um i know it's a very difficult thing to do to sit by yourself for you know 30 45 minutes but it 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 has really helped a lot it so, does merit it so one thing that i learned was that meditation in isolation does nothing it's it's kind of like you um are walking and then you're running but 
as soon as you put it into the way it is meant the way it is structured which is first you have to do your yoga asanas then you have to follow it with your pranayam and then you do your meditation all of it happens is one after the other maybe your entire practice is just half an hour where you have 10 minutes of yoga asanas 10 minutes of pranayam and 10 5 to 10 minutes of meditation but it's this structure that i think uh, is very important something that i would definitely want everybody to be aware of even if no matter what they choose uh, to do later cuz i used to meditate earlier and that was it it didn't do much you know like okay mood was fine sometimes but it didn't really give me the ability to handle things coming my way it would would stress me out it would trigger me um but once i learned that oh this is actually the way it is structured i think that just unlocked a whole other level of potential in me i uh, i can i can understand what uh, one thing i wanted to ask you is that from from what i understand i think you're very regular with your practice uh so how do you make sure that you don't skip days and how do you you know tame your mind to they not make you skip uh anything <laughs> that's because i so i i'm a curious person i experiment a lot uh online offline both um whether it's with my work whether it's my life so i've experimented that if if i've consistently done my practice for four days or 3 days chalo uh and how my days have been and then i did not do those practices for the next 3 days and how crappy my life has been the crappiness remained more or less the same but i think my ability to handle things the balance of my mind the clarity that i used to have i think i would completely lose that okay so i think it's it's by making that mistake intentionally that chalo dekhte hain what what happens and i learned from it and i think that is what makes me stick to it one and secondly i really don't begin my day my work before doing it doing my practice i call it my sadhana i i don't get up in the morning you get ready you do the sadhana then you have your first cup of chai so i think if if we go by um, psychology i think if you link it to a treat in your life later that okay if i do this then i can uh, get whatever xyz is my treat for me it's chai it's, it's my cup of chai so just only after i do my sadhana i'll be able to enjoy that cup of chai so like okay let me get started quickly on on my sadhana and let me just get done with it i think that first step to just getting started with it and then once it starts i think i definitely enjoy the entire process by the time i come to chai i am pretty happy with my life already then no matter what happens during the day it's okay <laughs> yeah no no that's that's great i think that i think the reward thing is probably it is probably a motivator um because i i personally really struggle with it uh, quite a lot um i'm i'm not really 
I mean, there are certainly days in a week where I'll, I would skip it, but uh, whenever I get some time between meetings or let's say I'm not doing anything, I would, I mean, I don't have a fixed time to meditate. So I would just sit anywhere for, for, for 30 minutes and try to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely really need to work upon, you know, having that practice regularly and preferably in early morning before work. So let's see, I'm, I'm working on that. Hope I'll achieve it soon. Cool. I hope and I uh, wish that you do. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, I, I really have this interesting anecdote to share, which I, which I uh, picked up from a podcast. I'm not sure whom I was listening and what episode it was, but there was a story about uh, Barack Obama and uh, which which goes something like, you know, the, the first day he, he was elected as um, the president of the United States, um, somebody asked him, like, what would you do on your first day uh, as president? So he said that I would go, I would go to a, to the gym and get a get a workout, which I do every day. So, I mean, the the crux was that if if you know the president of the United States on his first day of of being the president is not skipping the workout, like you don't have any reason to. So, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate your punctuality with it and how we have made it a practice. And thank you. I hope more and more people can pick that up. Uh, I think it would really help a lot of us. Cool. Um, moving on. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite questions, which I almost ask everyone who is on the, the podcast. What is one piece of advice that you would like to give to your younger self? Love yourself every day, no matter what. That's a very sweet one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I think at times we are very harsh on ourselves. I mean, I was initially, but I think I've improved on it uh, quite a bit now. But especially, I, I think when we are young, we and we want to achieve a lot. We kind of um, struggle with it initially, and we are you know always pushing deadlines, pushing boundaries. And always second guessing ourselves, I think. But I think a lot of it comes with age as, as well. When you realize that you know things didn't go as bad or probably as good that we expected. So yeah, I think I think loving yourself is a great great notion. Uh, I, I think, think it's everybody. about yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying that everybody should do that. I think it's about forging a better relationship with yourself and continuing that every day. For example, when you observe a, a, a baby who's learning how to walk uh, and the way it is around its mother, even if the baby falls on its bum or on the side, it looks to its mother that, am I okay? And the mother is smiling or laughing or, you know, just going to pick it pick the baby up and just give it love. And I think that's the same thing you you want 
which is comfort that you can provide to yourself so lays that you can provide yourself later that did i make a mistake today yes i did i still love myself yes did i fail today yes i did i still love myself did i succeed today yes i did i still love myself i i don't think there should be a metric that only if this happens i love myself no i think, i think that's a that's a beautiful notion and i can vouch for it that a lot of this really comes when you are meditating when you are oh it does <laughs> yeah it does I mean, it does it 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 when like when i i'd say past or probably things that that pop up to your mind when you're sitting quiet in a quiet room all by yourself and you start you know going through them one by one i think that's when you start realize that realizing that it was okay it was not that bad we are living in a cosmos whose size also we cannot fathom in a universe which is also something we've not been able to reach the end of on a planet this so huge and we have one tiny speck nano speck or something even smaller than that whichever scale yes. you come up with so it's one life you're going to die someday for sure at least live it by loving yourself no matter what you do yes yes yeah and i think i think those realizations i i mean i was i was uh sharing that earlier as well for the recording i i think when when i'm on my uh, on my walks in the evening and i'm like close to nature i think that's when i realize that because when you look around there are a lot of processes that are happening i mean with the birds with the flowers with the plants insects and you know everything else and when you see i i i like to call it the bigger picture and then you think you know your you and your problems are just a minute scale in this world and why are you so much bothered about that um i think that's when you you try to let it let them go because technically they they don't matter in in the grand scheme of things that uh that i'd say they they don't matter and why are you stressing yourself so much because of them so yeah i think I think for um, that I would definitely recommend and request everybody to watch the movie Soul which is made by Disney Pixar. Okay. I haven't They, watched that. It's uh it's also a, a one line from it is my cover picture uh on Twitter that uh is all this living worth dying for? Yeah. It just it's it's it just um it's a, it's a, it encapsulates the philosophical and the spiritual side of life in the most beautiful way possible without offending any religion whatsoever yeah i i now remember i when i was researching for this podcast i saw your cover picture on your twitter profile <laughs> and i i read that thanks for bringing that up and i was not able to 
understand technically what words mean because i think when i see the movie probably i'll able to understand what what the scene meant was but yeah i think i think it's a good perspective i uh, thanks i i think that. it it resonates with what you said yes. a little earlier that my problems and versus the grand scheme of things and that brings you to the question is all this living worth dying for yes yeah now now it does now it really makes sense um, thank you for bringing that up great um i'll definitely watch the movie and i'll let you know how how i feel about it please do that movie makes me cry with joy i don't think any movie except for i think dog movies have made me cry happily the way that movie just beautifully just encapsulates life i th- i think yes. it, uh, that's a very strong recommendation for everybody perfect i'll i'll link that movie in the show notes if anyone wants to see it uh, so that'll be that'll be great as well all right so this brings us to probably the last question of the podcast um i think we have we have discussed this in bits during during earlier in the podcast as well but i would like to reiterate on this 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 uh, again um let's say you know a fresh graduate from college wants to dive into the field of product design um what is what is one piece of advice you can give them to you know get them aligned in the right direction uh technically one thing you have touched base upon earlier was mentorship and and the impact of that is there anything else which which pops up to your mind uh as a second pair of advice or or something else i think it would be communication learn how to talk learn how to write and learn how to communicate and part two of that would be learn to ask questions without any fear of sounding stupid cuz okay i think anybody who's ever done anything worthwhile it has been by asking questions whether to themselves or whether to the public at large today when i'm building my company going out speaking to my users understanding what problems they face i don't think i would have been able to do that just by sitting at home in my cozy space it because i am stepping out of my comfort zone um that it helps me be a better designer that sir what is the problem that you're facing in this particular segment what are you trying to do that is causing a lot of friction or or a lot of tedious steps that you would rather not take what is something that you really hope and wish technology could do for you yes i think when you are not scared to ask questions whether it is to your team members your peers your seniors customers or just generally to yourself in life 
and learning how to communicate which again goes back to what is the one piece of advice you would ask which is love yourself i think yes. these two are very well connected deeply so i think i would encapsulate it as learn to communicate learn to talk and learning to talk is not just learning a language but the intent with which you ask got it got it yeah i think i think i think that's a beautiful advice and just to add to that i think i think it's it's also really important how you communicate your design to people uh so that they can understand what you're what you're trying to express uh, uh, uh with that because like not being in a in the design uh world myself i think i sometimes get some ideas like i'm i'm very fond of good design but i because i'm not working or i'm not involved in that field i really find it hard to communicate the idea that i get when when it comes to design i'm not sure how i can work on that like how to solve that but but there would be something in my mind which let's say i want this thing to look like this but i i can't explain it to the other person um yeah i get i get that and i definitely the like, communication is definitely key uh because i think most of the work that you're doing i think 70 80% is creative work and the rest 20 30% is communicating that creative work to others right actually it's the opposite okay but <laughs> well, yeah so yeah definitely 80% is communication and okay. 20% is designing for or with that communication so yeah. you communicate through design as well yes mm-hmm. but you first need to communicate then no matter whether it's text whether it's design whether it's user flows whatever i think communication communication is the key and yeah. also creativity i think but i think i think creativity is fundamental and communication is something which comes when you're working i think communication is a very um it's a lot more deeper uh, concept in practice then people make it out to be today when we talk about communication i'm not referring to email communication or communication with your client communication is something as simple as for example a couple of days ago i got locked out of my house because i didn't have the key it was 10:45 in the night and my mother was supposed to open the door for me she had asked me that when you come home give me a call i'll throw you the key from upstairs and you can open the door and come in i like okay i came home i'm calling her she's not picking up the phone and i am shouting um okay. because her window was open she couldn't hear me because the tv was on now that night indian idol was on which is also on loud volume so she couldn't hear me the calls were unanswered and i was dragged out of my house at 10:45 in the night 15 minutes later she realized why isn't radhika home so she picked up the phone And then she saw ten missed calls from me, and then she called me. Hey, where are you? <laughs> and I just burst out laughing, like, "Mama, I have just been <laughs> sitting downstairs in the garden for the last twenty minutes." And yeah. she burst out laughing. Okay. I think that is communication. 
yeah i i can get what you're trying to say yeah definitely yeah it, i think it is communication is being able to change that equation to a lot more comfortable space hopefully trying to make it a win win so yes. i think communication is it's deep so learn how to communicate and keep on learning how to communicate yes definitely and, and it's the same with with family it's the same with your friends or at work with clients stakeholders or anyone it's it's Absolutely. the fundamentals are, are, are same great that's a that's a very beautiful notion uh to end and the conversation on um and uh, i would really like to thank you uh, again for your time and efforts with this it was a beautiful conversation and it was really a pleasure to have you on the show thank you very much king shok it was wonderful uh, this is my very first podcast so thank you very much for inviting me hello everyone welcome to the at and like podcast today we have with us the incredible radhika dani who's a product designer and founder at right ratio right ratio is bringing platforms for independent players in the market with a goal to provide a level playing field with the big players around right ratio is currently building balance a distributed network of retail pharmacies in india interestingly radhika was featured as one of the coolest women in india's product ecosystem earlier this year by inc42 you can find radhika mostly on twitter using the handle @adrate the product women this episode revolves around her journey as a product designer her design principles mindfulness practices and so much more So without further ado let's jump straight into the show